And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the world and around the country, Red Eye Radio, uh-huh. <laughs> around the United States of America, the universe. We are Red Eye Radio. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. You can listen when and where you want wherever you are somebody did that on on tv the other day Mm. someone just said the united states of america and they said it in a powerful way i got the chills yeah forgot what i was watching the other day but i I went whoa it was just said so powerful and i'm like that's an impressive name Mm. (laughs) when you have a when you have a good voice say it the united states of america and it's like yeah i like that that sounds good that does sound that does sound powerful, does it not? Well, it really you need, does. You need somebody like a, you know, especially when like someone like a Sam Elliott says it. Yeah. The United States of America. And, and it's just like, holy cow, that I'm, sounds great. I'm not screwing with them. Oh, wait a minute. Biden's the president? Okay, screw with them. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, no, I just, I just, I heard it the other day. Oh, I just can't remember what it was. And I just went, man, that sounded powerful. It was like, whoa, I got yeah. that little... It's like whoa, chills and and a little emotional. So, eh, yeah, that's me though. I'm yeah. You kind of get this. Uh, I do unfortunately mental picture of a uh, you know a superhero. Yeah, na 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 na. We're all superheroes, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. Uh, most of us aren't. <laughs> Normal people. Yeah, that's what we are. Normal people doing their job every day and doing it well mm-hmm. are the are the superheroes. Yeah, we got why we got, uh, because they haven't quiet quit yet. Exactly, they're going to work. <laughs> they're going to they're work doing things. <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's like the uh, Buttigieg comment on you know too many white construction workers, and I thought to myself, you know, it must be weird to live in that in that place in your mind where all you see is skin color because when i see any construction worker i think to myself thank god there are people that are willing to do those jobs yeah 
You know, I'm this summer, uh, I'm sure I'll drive by a number of uh, work sites where roofers in Texas are up there at 100 degrees, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, swinging a hammer. And they're going to be there tomorrow and the following day. And if the weather's good, the following day. It's, in fact, if you think about it, they only work when the sun is beating down on them. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's mind-boggling well, to me. Or, or I've always, you know, I have such a great deal of respect for the uh, the workers uh on road repair yeah or building yeah. a building yeah. a but but the the workers are they're out there repairing the roads yeah. yeah and i think about it i really really think about it in august yeah yeah and they're out there dressed to the you know they're you know they're and i'm just like wow i will say this so i i do think that it's i you know Maybe I shouldn't be inclusive to all human beings, but my personal experience from working in industry and, you know, working at a steel mill and working as a machinist and doing a, and working in front of a heat treat furnace and, and everything else and doing all of that really for a, um, th- roughly a three year period after college, three to four years it was, to me benefited me in, in, in ways. Yeah. That, that are totally positive, totally yeah. positive. Yeah. You know, it's you know maybe it wasn't a, uh, a a a dirty job because the one I like with Mike Rowe the best is the one where okay we go down and we actually clean the huge septic tanks or <laughs> you know the sewage treatment plant <laughs> yeah. we put on the hazmat suits and do it no. and then these people come out and they're the happiest people in the world <laughs> and I'm and, I, and I'm it's like we find they he they really love their job. No, because that's really a oh I can't say the word job yeah. an S yeah. job <laughs> yeah it's yeah you know, I was I, that is a manure job <laughs> I went on a fishing trip with my uh, brother in law recently he's got he's got his own uh, business where he hauls dirt and and rock for for construction he's done this since he was a teenager he's seventy four still working and loves it because we were talking to the boat captain and he was saying yeah I you know keep talking about retiring. I said, George, you've been talking about retiring for 20 years. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's manual labor. And, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, there must be some days when it's, you're just, your whole body aches. He goes, yeah, that's just about every day. And then he asked me, he goes, does your jaw ever hurt? <laughs> I said, yeah, nice one. Uh, but you know, you, you think about that mentality of, of, of Pete Buttigieg and he's going to, you know, focus on skin color. When it comes down to it, I'm just wondering who in the future will do those jobs. You know, I mean, it's day in, day out. Uh, talking to the mail carrier a couple of weeks ago. And and I, I said, man, I was feeling for you guys. It was a nice, cool day. And I said, I feel for you guys in the summer, though. He goes, yeah, it's been, last summer was really bad. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. 
And you guys are walking on our street. They don't they don't uh, deliver to a mailbox on the street. They they walk house to house. So they they park at the end of the street, and he, then he carries his bag house to house. And I said, you know, it's just crazy. And that's what you look at. To me, I'm grateful for, and I think that was Mike Rose point on dirty jobs i'm grateful that there are people out there that do the job and and yeah the mail carrier told me he goes man i i i love the job the benefits are great and i do get exercise he said you know this is tons of exercise and i'm able to stay in shape that way and but i do love the job you know i i I remember the and i've talked about this movie before it's called the ultimate gift and the hallmark channel i just saw um someone uh, it was. It, it came up a, as a suggestion. Um, oh, where was it? Somewhere, and it was. And oh, and I watched the preview, and it was like I said, "That's it. That's the movie." That's James movie. Garner. James, James Garner. Brian Dennehy is in it. Yeah, and and it's again. Uh, uh, James Garner is this. Uh, you know, he 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 dies in the movie. Yeah. He dies, right? And, and uh, he's got a grandson, and I'm I'm not going to give the whole thing away, but he's got a, a grandson who's a rich, spoiled kid. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know, gets whatever he, uh, he wants. And, uh, it's, you know, he, they're reading the will and, you know, he d- gives very little to mm-hmm. anybody there. And the grandson, who's probably in his younger twenties, mm-hmm. you know, thinks he's getting nothing. He's, they call him back in and goes, no, you have a, and he goes in and watches a video and basically they're going to give him a number of tests. And one of the tests is they send him out to Brian Dennehy's farm who's this guy who owns thousands of acres but knew his grandfather. And you could tell these are these are people that work their whole lives yeah. and loved the challenge of working and were still working. Yeah. And so he has to go out and build this fence. It takes like a month to do. And he does it, you know, builds this fence, all miles and miles of fence by himself. And he was he's supposed to get, you know, after it, he was told you're going to get, you know, you'll get uh, the rewards, you'll get a gift. And so he was done with it and he asked Brian Dennehy, you know, you know, uh, what is the, uh, he goes, what, um, you know, well, I'm supposed to get something. Where's the gift? And Brian Dunn, he just laughs and drives away. And it's great the way he does it. And he goes back and James Garner says, you got your gift. You don't even know it. It's the gift of work. Right. And that always had a big impact on me because I've always viewed, and most people don't view it that way. They don't, most people view work as something that I have to do to do the things that I wish to do in life. And at times yeah, it can be right. that way. Mm-hmm. But I know from the very beginning, I never should have ended up being a radio talk show host. It's not what was not my dream at all. Mm-hmm. And it was not something I've told the story before. Everybody knows I was forced to do it by a radio station owner. I did not want to do it. Uh, and I did my my years of, of labor. I mean, I was a janitor. I did all that to begin with in high school and first part of college. And mm-hmm. then, you know, bill collector. And, and then after college, couldn't find a... Couldn't find a job, quit the bank, couldn't, you know, the radio job lasted a very short time. I sucked. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing what my family did was, you know, the machining business for about, you know, three to four years is what I did, mm-hmm. like 78 to 82. And um, loved it. I mean, I just, I, everything I saw as a challenge, even if it was hard, and there was a sense of pride, even though I had a college degree, there was a sense of pride of walking in and doing work on machines and actually building things. And it is it's, it's more tangible, but it, but also it is. If you think about it, I think it's also part of our nature. I think it's part of our instinct. Yeah. 
and and not that I ever thought this is what I want to do the rest of my life because mm-hmm. I always thought someday I want to get back someday I'd like to get back into radio and I did by by eight in fact it was huh, 40 years ago next week that I got back in now I was in radio for a year so it's a total of 41 almost mm-hmm. you know so coming up in a couple of months but uh it was uh uh, but the first year you sucked, so you don't count that one. I don't. Yeah, I don't count that. I. Yeah. It was, com- and this is all commercial radio. I don't count anything but radio that I got paid for. I don't count college radio and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Your, your career is what you get paid for. Uh, but I got back in in March of '83 and haven't been out since. Mm-hmm. And but uh, it's funny because all of those jobs that I did were hard work. But the hardest job I've ever had is the job that's now the easiest job i've ever had because i've done it for three decades mm-hmm. and you become trained in doing it and you're and this is what i think in so many different careers once you do it every day it doesn't become the same kind of oh i have to go in because those there were days early on in talk radio you're terrified mm-hmm. what am i going to talk about oh my gosh i'm on these big radio stations i gotta i'm not prepared i can't do it and then you do it as david lee roth said mm-hmm. You know, do you get nervous when you get on stage? No, I've done it over 30,000 hours. Right. I'll never forget when he said that. I goes after 30,000 hours, it becomes a part of who you are. That's actually true. It does. And even though you're putting in the same amount of work, you're so used to doing it that it there's an enjoyment uh, to it. But talk radio was the hardest job and because people don't think it is. They go, oh, you're on the radio, just talking the radio. No, that's the hardest job ever. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, and when uh, David Lee Roth was talking about that, he learned it from a sensei or a guru. And and he said, you know, when he was when he was taught that, that that that's when, you know, and, and we know this. Maybe we didn't measure it the same way. But as a society, we know it as you uh, get into a field and, and then the more experience you gain, the more passion you have for it. A lot of that passion comes from the fact that you have learned how to do it and you know how to uh, solve the puzzle. It's it's not that every that, that's job point. is solving a puzzle, but right. you know how to do it and put it together. And it is measurable in certain jobs. My wife works in finance. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of people in construction and and uh, but you you can measure certain things or certain things are more tangible uh, not every job is that way, but it is that puzzle you're solving every day, and you have the answers already built in to your mental playbook. Those are the skills that you know drive a free society, a productive uh, society as and, well. And I didn't know it back then, but I know it now, that if my life had not gone in this direction in something that I was forced to, in a job that I really did not like, for probably the first 10 years, I was looking, is there any out out of this? But people kept paying me money to do it. Then they kept paying me more money. It's like, okay, okay. And then to the point where I am now, where I can't imagine a better job. But I also know because of that experience, if my life had gone in another direction, whatever I was in today, I would have the same passion for no, I think that's it. You build that passion with that experience yeah. because that passion, uh, in part, is your ability to do that job and do it well based on that experience. So, you know, that's what I think that's what drives it. 
Um, because if you're in anything for that long, that means you're pretty good at it. You can do that job. You're experienced enough to be able to accomplish what that job requires. Otherwise, you don't stay in that field. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's funny. I just told you about you know a year ago or forty years ago. Next week, mm-hmm. like right now, I think uh, this weekend I was starting to drive to Florida mm-hmm. for you know staying in radio from that Fort Walton Beach is where I, you know where my second radio job was. Mm-hmm. But um, and it was funny because my buddy Jerry just texted me and I had called him about two weeks ago and I said, you know. This is uh, the day that you came over to my house to get a submarine. You came over to you, know, you came over to my house to have lunch, and you went out to get a sub. And I said, and I was waiting for the call. And he told me, he said, you're going to get the call from that station in Fort Walton Beach, and you're going to be in radio. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes out to get the sub. I get the call. He comes back. I got the call. I got the interview next week. So he just texted yeah. me. He's listening yeah. in Tampa, Florida, right now, and just said, I went to get the sub. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you never know what direction it's going, it's going to go in. But I just, I know now as somebody in their very young sixties mm-hmm. that no matter which direction I would have gone, if I would have stayed in machining, I would have been, I would have been an engineer. Yeah, I wouldn't have right. stayed in machining. I would have wanted to right. advance up to a not, uh, engineer or whatever. Learn more about the process yes, I, and, and advance yeah. accordingly. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my dad uh, drove a, a truck after his military career and he drove for a pharmaceutical company um and he so he delivered to pharmacies and hospitals but the the reason that he was qualified for that job is that you had to have they wanted people with law enforcement uh background that favored that job because it is such a valuable load every single day and his police experience he was a military uh, he was a police in the military and, and his police experience over the years trained him for that job very well. He, his protocol in his mind, as he entered the, the pharmacy and came in and, you know, uh, through the uh, bay door or through the back door, uh, wherever he brought those uh, loads in, that trained him all along to do that second career. Mm-hmm. And he did it well. 86690 red eye will the nation's farm sector generate yet another record amount of net income in 2023 as it's done the last 2 years no but the expectation is it will still be an above-average year. USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer telling the USDA Outlook Forum he expects net cash farm income this year to be $150.5 billion. That would be down almost 23% from this last year's record. Factors for the decline include... Commodity prices falling, input prices rising but slower, government payments pulling back, from those pandemic payments. Meyer says, of course, when you boil it all down. For a producer, what's going to matter here is how do your input prices follow those output prices down? That's going to be key. Right now, analysts expect fuel expenses to fall by about 15%, rents by 8%, expenses for most everything else, though, expected to increase. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight 
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, we uh, had talked yesterday and a little bit today about uh, Andrea Mitchell on NBC mm-hmm. and the lies she told about Ron DeSantis that, uh, you know, he doesn't want slavery taught, and uh, she's just been eviscerated for it. So she came back and said, well, I was imprecise in it, but uh-huh. uh, he doesn't want to teach what many educators and teachers feel is a critical part of the his, which is, of course, critical race theory, mm-hmm. and uh, which, and we understand what the, the, the concept that we disagree with on critical race theory, and I think most Americans do, is that... Uh, white people are almost uh, genetically inclined because the culture is so great. It's just the same as genetics that they'll always be racist. So society should be set up that way. And blacks will always be victims and whites will always have the mindset of oppressors. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bonus Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So, yeah, talking about, uh, you know, Andrea Mitchell and, and the fact that the DeSantis uh, administration has said, sorry, we're done with NBC. Unless she apologizes, nothing on MSNBC, none of our people on MSNBC or NBC at all. Complete and total boycott until she apologizes. Because she was interviewing the the vice president and asked the question with the statement of fact that, you know, what do you think about Governor DeSantis being against teaching slavery in schools? Now, that has been debunked over and over and over again. We all know the part of critical race theory that DeSantis disagrees with, that we disagree with. Mm -hmm. And we just pointed it out again, that whites are culturally racist to the point where it's almost in their DNA. They'll never get rid of it. And therefore, all whites are racist. Yeah, right. And uh, and so society must be set up. The entire structure of society must be set up that racism is inherent in all whites and you can never change it. Right. 
that's, you know, you can have that as a theory. It's a theory built on zero evidence. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can have it as a theory. That is not the history of slavery or black history. And that's the point DeSantis is trying to make, and it's very, very simple. But I, the point is with, you know, a little over a year and a half now before we have another election. Hmm. Members of Congress, Senate, um, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the House, the presidency. The Democratic Party is getting to the point of lying about things that everybody knows is a lie because there's, it's so self-evident that it's a lie. And that's where I believe things have changed over the last five or six years. Let me give you an example. A lie used to be, for example, we're going to raise the minimum wage and it will have no effect whatsoever. Mm. In fact, people will have more money and it'll actually boost the economy. Versus, and and they would say, and uh, Republicans are lying because what they're saying is raising the minimum wage will actually hurt. Mm. And then Republicans would bring out and say, well, no. Here's how it here's how it goes. And then the CBO would even come out and say, no, if you're going to raise the minimum wage, it is going to slow down the economy and fewer people are going to have jobs because that's the way that economics works. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about economics, not at the theory of economics, but studying economics by, okay, this thing happened. What happened in the economic system when you raised the cost? When you added incentive or disincentive, what happens? And it's always the same. And so that's the evidence that most conservative capitalists would point to. And we have accused the other side of saying, no, you're living in the wish land and you're only covering part of the economics that that person that got that raise will immediately have a little bit more money and you're not adding into the economic equation that somebody has to pay that particular cost so that money isn't available to them. And they would say, you know, scream, you're lying. No, you're lying. And so you're talking about studying the economic history and you're talking about projecting it out into the future. And so you can have that argument back and forth and people would take it. And I believe there's a much stronger case based on evidence for what happens when you raise prices and economics based on on history. But that would be it. But it would sort of get lost in there. Well, now it's the border's a mess and the border's secure. It's self-evident to Americans that that is not the case. The Chinese balloon was no threat whatsoever. You see the polls that we brought you earlier. Mm-hmm. The American public didn't believe that by landslide numbers. Why? It's self-evident that a Chinese spy or a Chinese spy balloon coming over, even if you say we were able to technically disable it, you're not really sure if you did, and the American public isn't sure, which is why you should have shot it down. Because you're really not sure what the technology is. So the public didn't buy into that. Public doesn't buy into the fact that Buttigieg didn't go uh, to East Palestine, uh, East Palestine because he didn't want to interfere with the NTSB. Because most people know, well, you know, you can have different agencies and different heads go there without interfering on anything. The fact that you're saying you would interfere is actually an indictment that you're doing something stupid, Buttigieg. So you get all these things. We'll use the last example. The Republicans are having the hearings uh, uh, in Yuma, Arizona, on the border city 
to talk to people about the problems with the Biden administration and they're allowing illegal immigration into this country and uh, their, um, oh, I can't think of that, the, the um, asylum. And, and their asylum rules and regulations. And Democrats say, well, we're not going to go because uh, we weren't giving any advance notice on this. And it's easy to find out. Well, no, we advised you three weeks ago. Here's the letter. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty self-evident to Americans. You're lying. And that, I think, is the point that we're getting to where it is the lies. When things are self-evident, when any, everybody just knows it immediately, there doesn't have to be any thought. Well, in economics, the minimum wage, okay, what actually happens? Let me research a little bit. You don't even need that. It's evident. It's, it's self-evident. It's a lie. And so I want to play another audio cut because this was from MSNBC on February 1st. This is where they go over the top and tell lies that the American public knows are not the truth. And this is uh, was it Nicole Wallace, I guess, her show. She has on MSNBC political contributor uh, Jason Johnson talking about critical race theory, hmm. talking about uh, DeSantis and more. And listen to this. Here we go. Well, that's if everybody in the country wants that, Nicole. There are lots of people who are perfectly happy with black people being murdered on a regular basis. Let's be honest. Like, they're happy to see black people be killed. And it, or, or bare minimum, I think the most charitable interpretation is black people being killed to them, to politicians like Ron DeSantis, to politicians like Cameron in Kentucky. Black people being killed is just the cost of doing American business. So they don't care about not pe- teaching people about that. They don't care about teaching the actual history of this country. And they don't care if students develop empathy for each other. Is any of that accurate? No. It's a complete lie. And most Americans can see through that and know that it's a complete lie. Uh, again, what Ron DeSantis doesn't want to teach about slavery. That's a lie. To politicians like Ron DeSantis, black people being killed is just the cost of doing American business. I tell you this, I can have a better case, a better a, a, a case that is infinitely better that the liberal black leadership and the Democratic Party uh, black people being killed is just the cost of doing business to consistently have chaos in your city and propose liberal solutions. And I'll simply say this, defund the police, no bail, release people from prison, lying about the people that are in prison today, mm-hmm. not wanting people in the inner city that are law-abiding citizens, to be armed, not wanting school choice. Oh, you see New York City, Kathy Hochul in New York City, there's school choice now. (laughs) Hochul's actually pushing it. It's half the cost, half the cost of the public schools and uh, half the cost of public schools and doing a much better job. But they don't want that. They want the monopoly. They want the power to control I can make a much better argument. They can't make an argument at all against DeSantis. We can make an argument off the top of our heads that they don't care about black lives. Oh, easy. And so when it becomes so self-evident that they have to go way over the top, and what happens is since they can't make their points, 
And since their points are being refuted by fact, they have to make the lies even bigger and louder and more outrageous. The Republican Party just wants to bring back slavery. They're happy to see black people killed. Where's this evidence? It doesn't exist. Well, it sounds like a teenager who has just been grounded screaming at their parents. You don't love me. You just hate me. I mean, they sound like children. Because the only way for them to get attention is to say something that over the top. What they don't realize is that that comes back and reflects on them immediately. Nobody believes that. Are there people that believe Republicans don't work in the interest of minorities? Well, the Democrats have shaped that narrative for a long, long time. But we're taking this so many steps further that Republicans are okay with black people dying and being murdered. Here's the latest from Johnson the other day. I have it, uh, I think it was yesterday. I'm not being incendiary when I say this. I've been saying this for a long time, Uh Stephanie. There is no Republican Party. They're a dime store front for a terrorist organization. Is there any evidence of that whatsoever? No. The good thing is he doesn't use hyperbole. (laughs) Ever. And neither do I. Ever. Our billions of listeners know that. But that is this is the debate that's going to be going on for the next, you know, Democrats, we can't argue this. We can't show up to the immigration hearings in Yuma, Arizona, because we can't make a case. All right. Send out the sharks on MSNBC to make totally over-the-top, insane allegations against the Republicans, Ron DeSantis and Trump and whatever. Right. And we won't use any type of specific evidence to back it up. In fact, we'll take things that people know, the majority of people know aren't true, and we'll just say it louder and more often, and we'll be able to change their opinion somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're not going to. Well, no, because they're not convincing anybody. Look, okay. there it's uh, any any person with any level of critical thinking skills listens to this kind of garbage and says, "I'm sorry, but that's insane." I know. <laughs> In fact, if I were on the left, I would look at it and say, "Okay, can can you not go out there and do?" the work for the party because you're sounding like an idiot which does not help our side you're not you're not going after you're not fighting for the things i want you to fight for you're making insane comments which gets you nowhere here's a question i'd like a focus group on normal democrats what do you want from your party and line out everything that they're about right now. Do you agree with going on at the border? Do you actually believe that solar and wind can run the entire energy grid? 
Yeah. Well, ask, get away from the media people, but one thing you don't see, you don't, and I don't see it on social media. All of my Democrat friends and, and or acquaintances, more maybe more acquaintances, <laughs> but no, a lot of people that are friends, they are, since Obama's been out of office and Trump has been out of office, they are completely silent. Nothing is coming from them. I would love to get a list of their top 10 complaints about their party. Complaints. Yeah. The creators of the Android phone, they gave it away for free to a group of people. And they said, we want your feedback every day, but nothing positive. We only want, want, we want to know what you hate about this phone. I'd love to know what Democrats rank and file hate about their party right now. By the way, Republicans are always saying what they hate about their party. Oh, we have a list. <laughs> I mean, they're very, Republicans are very vocal about mm-hmm. what they don't like. Yep. Oh, yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Well, a new phrase. Yeah. Uh... Here it is, uh, Trudeau to press Biden on New York-Quebec border as migrants flow in. The first line here from Bloomberg, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he and Joe Biden will discuss stemming the flow of irregular migration. Irregular. Irregular. Yes. He can't say illegal? Is it illegal or is it not illegal? It's just more than normal. It's. <laughs> there's so much. There's no, so many places to go no, with see, irregular, right? Yeah, right. No, I mean, there's just yeah, so many places yeah, to go. Right. <laughs> Maybe some raisin bran in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is he talking about? That's the question. That may be better than temporary displaced traveler that California came up with a couple of years ago. Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.